Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Zora Neale Hurston, the American anthropologist and writer, known for her research and writing on slavery, race, folklore and the African-American experience, said, Research is formalised curiosity. It is poking and prying with a purpose. Neil Armstrong, the American astronaut famed for being the first man to walk on the moon, said, Research is creating new knowledge. Terry Pratchett, the award-winning British science fiction and fantasy author, best known for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, said, The best research you can do is to talk to people. Research may be a slightly strange word to some photographers, to some of you listening to this podcast, perhaps. But it doesn't just happen in libraries. Research isn't just reading books or going onto the internet. It's intrinsic to all photography today, in my opinion, and in opinion of a lot of other photographers. It's through research that we find the stories that we want to tell. That intellectual inquisitiveness that we should all have in our lives is fulfilled, is encouraged and refreshed through research. It helps us to avoid pretty pictures and generic image making. Now, why should you want to avoid pretty pictures, you may say? Well, you don't have to, of course. However, if you're going to have a long-term engagement with photography over a period of time of maybe 20, 25 years, 15 years, however long you want it to be. In my case, it's coming up to 40 years of working with photography professionally. So that's a long time. And I think that the idea of purely being pleased through the aesthetics of an image, well, that soon kind of pales into insignificance when we have so many images coming at us day after day that fulfil that requirement. Surely as a photographer, what we should be doing is looking for something deeper, something that has a multitude of layers. As Bob Dylan said, that it contains multitudes. I think for me, this is why research is so important. But as I say, it isn't just research in perhaps that academic school kind of way you may initially perceive it to be. Walking down to the shops, talking to friends, looking around you, living life is all research. And it's from that experience that we find the stories and from the stories we can find the images that we want to make to tell those stories. I've seen recently some photographers say that they're fed up with the idea of photographers being referred to as storytellers. And actually photography hasn't got anything to do with storytelling. It's just about creating images. Well, I can't go along with that, I'm afraid. For me, it's about creating bodies of work, series of images, bringing those images together to explain who we are, why we are, how we are, and what we see. Surely that is about the reality of photography. Surely that is the depth of photography. Well, it certainly is to me. 
When I first started this podcast and introducing the idea that every week a photographer would join us to explain what photography meant to them, it was put forward by some people that everybody I was choosing was award-winning or competition-winning or much exalted, or alternatively, perhaps they were my friends. Well, now we're well into the hundreds of people who have contributed. I think it's pretty clear that the selection of people that join us each week is pretty diverse. I'm interested in the work that's made and the life that has been lived, not necessarily the awards that have been won. And I think this week uh, we welcome to the podcast a photographer that absolutely proves my point. Who is it? Well... It's Math Roberts, who's a Welsh photographer based in Swansea, South Wales, who primarily uses the genre of street photography to approach his projects, I should say, producing work through intuition rather than preconceived concepts. He studied art and design during his school and college years, later teaching himself photography after buying a cheap digital camera from the boot of a car outside his local pub. Since then, Roberts has been awarded several commissions in different areas, such as the theatre, music, architecture, corporate events and festivals. He is currently working towards a book for his long-term project, Pretty Shitty City, a play on words originally by Welsh poet Dylan Thomas and borrowed from the cult classic movie Twin Town, which documents working-class people and spaces within the city of Swansea and surrounding areas. A selection of 25 images from the project were exhibited at the Volcano Theatre on Swansea High Street in September 2020. Hi there, my name is Matt Roberts and I'm a street photographer from Swansea in Wales. Uh, The question, what does photography mean to me, is a tough one to answer and I've never really thought about it before now. But I know it means many different things and it's constantly changing as time goes on. I've been doing street photography since March 2016. It was tough when I first started as I suffered from pretty bad social anxiety at the time. So getting up close to strangers in the street and taking their photos seemed a bit terrifying to me. It played on my mind for a while, uh, but I justified it by telling myself that I was just a bystander. I wasn't participating in a social situation, just watching it from the outside. This seemed to work for me, and the more and more I started shooting, I realised the fear of not getting the shot was greater than the fear of being in an uncomfortable social situation. It definitely helped me alleviate my anxiety and made me a more confident person all around. It sort of forced me to engage with people who maybe I wouldn't normally have engaged with. Some good, some not so good, but, but that's just life. For the most part, photography is just something I enjoy doing. It's my hobby. I do it for fun. I've been doing street photography for just over six years now, and I'm still very much a newcomer. I'd say for the first five years or so, I would just grab my camera and walk for hours aimlessly shooting whatever I found interesting. You know, no pre-planning, no goals. I think that's what I love about the genre most. There's no rules, no constraints, and I'm just shooting for myself, which means there's no pressure on me. Going back to the therapeutic aspect of it, um, I find it a good way to reduce stress levels. I've also had many commissions during the past six years, and, and that's great, but that really wasn't the goal, you know, when I started out. It's only recently that my feelings and attitudes have changed towards my photography. Historically, I would spend a few hours taking photos in the day, load them up on the computer at night, edit the ones I like the best, and then post them on social media, and that would be the end of it. 
and then came COVID-19 and the lockdowns hit. And obviously that stopped me from going out with a camera. And even on the rare occasions when I did get out, you know, the streets were deserted. It was a bit of a lost cause. Uh, this was the point when I decided to catalog every photo I'd taken since 2016, which is in the tens of thousands because I'm a bit of a hoarder and I, I never delete anything. This process got me reflecting on my work. I was remembering certain situations and places. I started to see recurring themes. These mainly revolved around working class people and places like council estates, pubs and high streets, etc. I found that even when I was visiting these major cities like London and Paris, you know, filled with exotic buildings and millionaires, I was still seeking out the areas where people like myself, the working class were. I think it's because these are the places and people I grew up around. They resonate with me and, I've, and I feel at home and left self-conscious in myself when I'm around them. In all honesty, I haven't decided whether that's a good or bad thing yet, but I, I definitely feel I've gained a sense of direction as to where I want my future work to go, sort of documenting the lives of working class people, which I think are underrepresented and, and sometimes misrepresented, not just in photography, but in many artistic genres and definitely the media. It's important to me to get kudos and acknowledgement for my work from peers and photographers I respect. But I think as a working class photographer, my main aim is to create work that your average Joe in the street enjoys viewing and is able to appreciate. Hopefully it will encourage some of them to pick up a camera and practice photography as well without feeling like a, an imposter. Um, and I think that, that about wraps it up for me. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you very much, Math, for your contribution this week. A really useful one, I think, also, especially dealing with those elements of uh, well-being and mental health. I actually wrote an article about this, which is on the United Nations of Photography.com website, dealing with the idea of whether or not photography is a cure or indeed a curse when it comes to uh, your mental well-being and health. It does seem to be that it can fall into both camps, depending upon your engagement with the medium. It's really interesting to hear that Math's really using photography there for getting out and not worried about trying to create a career or getting work from it. Just really enjoying the pleasure of making the work. I have to say, I think it's really clear in the images he makes. Street photography, such an over, I suppose, hyped, so many people doing it, thinking it's really easy. And it's not, as anybody who works within that environment knows. It's hard work. And as Math also says, it requires a lot of work to actually, a lot of images need to be created to edit it down to those real kind of killer images, those images that say so much. You may not have heard of Math Roberts before. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't. He's kind of under the radar at the moment. So I really hope him appearing on this podcast and you guys going out there and uh, looking at his work will uh, help raise his profile because I think he's one of those photographers really worth knowing about. I was talking at the beginning of this particular episode about research, and I suppose in a way, uh, research is questioning, just finding out about stuff. But I've noticed recently that there is an epidemic occurring of questioning, which is a bit strange for me to say, because I'm a great believer in asking why and how and where, what, I should say, and where. I think that questioning is hugely important. And actually, in education today, questioning doesn't seem to 
to be being given the importance that I believe it should have in learning. However, this epidemic of questioning I'm talking about doesn't seem to have very much reason to exist other than what I'm about to talk about. Anyway, where are these questions appearing? Well, they're appearing on Twitter, and it seems to be kind of non-stop. But do the people asking the questions really want to know an answer? Or are they trying merely to create interactions to increase follower numbers? And does that matter? <laughs> there you go. It's another question. But I think the really important thing here is to recognise the difference between an important question coming from somebody who is seriously interested in getting involved in a discussion or a debate around the issues raised in that question, rather than somebody who's throwing something out there in a kind of a lazy way, with no real interest in taking that discussion further. I'm not quite sure why it suddenly happened. It certainly happened over the last two or three weeks. Uh, personally, I'd like to see, uh, see it stop, really, or at least the people asking the questions to think about the questions before they answer, ask, I should say, the questions. And maybe the people providing the answers to the questions should stop answering the questions, which would prevent the people asking the questions to stop asking the questions. I think that's what I'm asking for. If you are looking for answers to situations revolving around the photographic world, you might like to pop over to www.unitednationsofphotography.com. I tend to write maybe one or two very short reads, a little articles each week, which you might find interesting and maybe they'll provoke some questions that are worth asking. Who knows? Over the last couple of weeks, they've dealt with uh, mental health, with the importance of filmmaking and cinematography to photographers, amongst many other things. So why not pop over there and when you've got a spare minute and delve into the archive? You could also, if you wanted to, join up to our newsletter, which you can do via our Twitter page. That means you won't have to go through the archive because every week you'll get a newsletter with some links which uh, you might find interesting, as well as links to all the latest articles that have been posted in the week, which saves you having to search for them. This week's episode seems to have segue after segue. Talking about searching for things, I've just been sorting out the shed and I found all sorts of things as well as a very large number of spiders who've been in here with me when I've been recording the podcast without me knowing, but we'll move on from that. I've been uh, turning the shed from a sort of an adjunct to my library of books and stuff into a comfortable little space in case uh, we have guests who want to stay overnight. It's now got a little bed in it and it's, uh, it's rather cosy. I'm enjoying spending my time in the shed an awful lot more than I used to do. But one of the things I've been talking a lot about recently is actually people doing that very thing, branching out, trying different things, experimenting with filmmaking, with podcasting, with writing. I do feel that, and we know this from every uh, podcast episode we do, I suppose, we hear it from different people, that it is so important today that 
these transferable skills become recognised as really important skills for the photographer to have. In a sense, I suppose, what we're talking about here is the back end, is all that stuff that goes on unseen. It's so easy to think that photography is just about pressing a shutter, pressing a button. But of course, it isn't that. And we know that if we're engaged in the medium to any great extent. I think the difficulty often, though, is not only in explaining that to other people, but for us to understand that that's what we're doing, that those things are important. We are publishers today, and we are writers, and we are photographers. We are speakers, we are talkers. We are expected to explain what we do and how we do it. Our photography takes on, I suppose, a sense of evidence of all of that hard work that goes on unseen. It's only the photograph which becomes that uh, that artefact of proof. And I think that's kind of interesting. Anyway, as I said, I've been tidying up the shed. I found a whole load of stuff in here, which I didn't realise I had. I'd forgotten I had and uh, an awful lot of it, which I don't really need. Maybe that's another good thing to uh, think about at this time of the year. A bit of an autumn spring clean. The idea of getting ready for the winter by giving yourself a clean slate being aware of all the different things you could do and maybe giving them a try as well. I've always said that this uh, podcast should be an arm round the shoulder and a little bit of a nudge as well when you need to do things. There's no point always being cuddled. Sometimes you need to be given a little stern word. But this week I'm going to end with uh, perhaps a little bit of a cuddle. I'm going to say those words that I say every week. Take care. Thank you.